When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome into the CHGO Blackhawks podcast. Happy Wednesday. I'm Jay Zawoski with Greg Boyson and Mario Tirabasi. Thanks, everybody, for being with us today. We appreciate that. Make sure you smash that like button on YouTube. Make sure you subscribe to our YouTube page as well. Podcast listeners, subscribe, review, and leave us a uh, five-star review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. We would really appreciate that. We are less than 24 hours away from the opening of Blackhawks training camp, which, holy crap, it's finally longest offseason ever. Until next offseason. Until next offseason. Yes, exactly. Yeah. No, yeah, it's finally here. Feels good. It's about time hockey season's starting. And I'd just like to say, before we get any further, I feel glad, grateful, that we are covering the least dysfunctional team in this city. How about that? <laughs> Who would have yeah. thought the Chicago Blackhawks <laughs> yeah, right. would be the least dysfunctional team in this town of raging dumpster fires? Knocking on wood to make sure it stays that way. Yeah, mm-hmm. hoping it stays that way. Just a little bit of competency goes a long way. It's in really, this it's interesting. Some leadership You've and some. The, uh, God knows what's going on with the Bears. The White Sox are the White Sox. The Bulls are the Bulls. Hey, the Cubs uh, look good last night. Yeah, the Cubs. Thank you, Pirates. Cubs, yeah, Cubs are in well, the hunt. Too bad the Cubs, you know, <laughs> don't get to play the Pirates if they make the playoffs. But you, the Cubs have a Muppet for a manager that refuses to play a young a kid. Muppet. Finally a gets him in there. Man. Finally gets him in there and hits a grand slam. Maybe the kids should have been playing while hey, the team was not beating anybody. You know just what? Just me. You know. You, you know what? I'll let Cody. Maybe it wouldn't have happened without that motivation from Rossi. Yeah, yeah, he sucks. I'll let Cody. <laughs> I'll let Cody <laughs> right. rant on that later tonight. But there we go. The Blackhawks are the least dysfunctional team in Chicago. Woo! Nashville would hang a banner for that. Yeah. Yeah. We should get one made up, a banner. Least dysfunctional team 2023. Least dysfunctional in the month of September. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Hey, man, after the way it's gone over the last couple of years, we will absolutely accept that with a smile. Uh, all right, we got a lot should, to get uh, to today. Oh, we sorry. We should ahead. update uh, the poll from this morning, oh, yeah. by the way. Uh, we ran a poll this morning on the old uh, Twitter. X. Uh, Twitter. Which Chicago team gets the two wins first, the Blackhawks or Bears? Hawks season starts uh, 10-9. I believe it's 10-10. I think 10-10. that was a typo. Yeah. 10-10 in Pittsburgh. Uh, Bears play Kansas City, Washington, Minnesota, and Las Vegas between now and October 22nd. You'll be shocked to know that 86% of voters... <laughs> Say the Blackhawks will have two wins before the Bears. Blackhawks might have two wins before the Bears have one. I voted uh, for the Blackhawks. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I mean. I, it's not out of the realm of possibility. Yeah. I, I, out of the Bears' next, what, four or five games, maybe they beat Denver? 
Uh, maybe. Bears would have problems beating Chicago State University right now. <laughs> maybe. I don't even know if they have a football I don't think they have a team anymore. I don't think so. <laughs> well, maybe they have a shot then. <laughs> <laughs> maybe. Just maybe. Um, so, yeah. Things for right now, the Hawks seem good. And, look, like before we get into our storylines and hear from Kyle Davidson, we'll remind everybody, like as we're very excited about the arrival of Connor Bedard and some of the young players that are going to be on the team, your expectation should still be – Growing pains, several more losses than wins, most nights, uh, missing the playoffs. That's the reality. But at least now, as Greg said last year, last year was ground zero. This is year one of the rebuild. Mm -hmm. And with Connor Bedard here, you probably cut your ear off the back, and you can maybe start to see the light peeking out at the end of the tunnel. This is the most excited I've ever been for one of my favorite teams that I know isn't going to make the playoffs. Yeah. It's and it's, I think it's for good reason. I think this team's going to be way more entertaining than it was last The season is going to be way more entertaining than it was last year. There's, there's like an instant reward for having to put up with last season and <laughs> all that bad hockey and losses and angst and hand-wringing. The instant reward is number 98 taking the opening night face-off. All went to plan. Yeah. And then more rewards are coming over the next two, three years. It's 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 a lot to be excited about. Not even just I mean, yeah, the Hawks aren't gonna make the playoffs, most likely. And but there's Connor Bedard, there's younger defensemen. You know, I'm excited to see what Taylor Hall's gonna do playing with Bedard. Yeah. I'm excited to see Blackhawk fans warm up to and eventually love Corey Perry. It's not going to take take long. It will not take long. By the time the the home opener, fans are going to love him. Well, he's going to do something to Brad Marchand. Captain Brad Marchand. (laughs) I mean, there's going to be something there. Hey, I mean, one way to endear yourself uh, to your your new fan base is to do something to the opposing team's Pudwack. Pudwack on Pudwack crime. And then Pud on Pud. Hawks fans should be happy because Darren Pang is going to be in the booth this year. Yep. Yeah. That's something that. That's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be great. It's going to be great for the broadcast to just have the the same two guys there, except yep. for you know a few TNT games when when Panger's got to go. But some of those games are probably going to be Blackhawk games. Yeah. Um, so. Well, and then it'll be Kaylee Chelios regularly stepping in, and right. she's. She's great on the broadcast, so, so her, her and Chris should do a, a fine job. There's a lot to be excited about. Year two, Luke Richardson. Let's go. What's well, a good place to start? And as we get into the uh, Kyle Davidson audio, Sarah, let's start with number nine. Uh, he was asked how this year feels different from last year to him personally. How is your role different this year? Last year, there were so many questions about who could be traded next and expectations of trades that could eventually happen. But the dust has kind of settled on that. So how is your feeling about camp different this year going into it for the second time? It's a, it's a good observation. Um, there's, there's a lot more feel of uh, just excitement for the games, I feel, this year. Whereas last year, there were a lot of questions around what could happen and what might happen to the roster or uh, a lot of discussion on what we did uh, around the roster. And so this year, it's much more... Um, just focused on the players that are here and, and not not kind of the, the surrounding storylines. It's, it's, you know, it's different for me just <laughs> coming up here and, and talking, you know, preparing for, for potential questions. But, um, you know, I, I think every year brings a different set of challenges and, and opportunities. And, and so you're, you're always busy. You're always kind of, you know, uh, dealing with a bunch of different things. But uh, it's, it's 
it feels a little more settled this year, to be honest, than uh, walking into training camp, which in itself is nice. Uh, and and to be, you know, a little further, one year further into the rebuild, you start to give players more responsibility and opportunity. And with that brings excitement. And, um, you know, you also want uh, them to make that those steps. And, and so there's some nervousness there. And uh, but it's it's all it's all good because, uh, you know, I think I think as we walk into training camp this year, it's it's all positive progress, and we've seen some progress from from the young players, and that's what we want at the stage we're in. It's cool to hear the GM sounding exactly like we do. Just last year, it was all about who's going where, and the games didn't matter. I think the three of us are all looking forward to a game ending and breaking down the game. Yeah, because there are people here that matter. And last year. Not to say that Kane and Taves didn't matter, but the story was, are they going to go? If so, where and for what? Right. Whereas this year it's going to be Bedard, Reichel, Korczynski, Kaiser, Vlasic, and whoever else might get called up that we see as part of this future. It's going to be actual game analysis, and the games are going to matter again, and I simply cannot wait. Yeah, I, I think this season, if they win a game, good. If they lose a game, Darn, what, what can we learn from it? Not if they lose a game, hooray! And if they win a game, what are we doing? The sky is falling. Like, it's going to be a completely different feeling game in and game out this season. And, you know, I, I think the, the cloud over last season was what's going to happen with Jonathan Taves? What's going to happen with Patrick Kane? Andres Athanasiu, Max Domi, thanks for coming for six months. We'll see you later. Like, it was all that kind of feeling. And I don't have... I don't have any – I'm sure as the season goes along, we'll get into those discussions and stuff. But I look at this roster, and there's not one player that I'm like, all right, what can we get for them at the trade deadline? I'm just like, they could keep this roster all season, and you're you're probably going to achieve the same thing that, that you're setting out to achieve yeah. from day one to, to game 82. Like, there's really no one I'm chomping at the bit at to be like, let's get them out of here. Let's see what we can get for them. Yeah, I mean, there isn't going to be anybody like that. They still may make some deals. You know, uh, yeah, you still could do it, right? But, uh, but there's not, not to the degree last year where like anybody and everybody must go. Now it's going to be like, you know, maybe you trade a veteran or two because you have one of these young guys in Rockford that's just proving without a shadow of a doubt they belong in the NHL. So you're trying to create roster space for one of these young guys, yeah. As opposed to just trade. That's part of the reason why Kyle Davidson acquired so many 2024, 2025 draft picks in over the last couple of years. So he didn't have to do that fire sale every season. Mm-hmm. So he's got mm-hmm. stockpile of the picks. So if he only makes one trade at the deadline for fourth or fifth round pick, say, you know, Nick, Nick Felino wants to go somewhere, go for a cup, you know, and you only get a fifth round pick. It's not that big a deal. Right. Yeah. I also, I'm looking forward to, I, like the names you mentioned, Domi and Athanasio, it was like hard to embrace any of those guys because they all felt so short term. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, they're all going to be gone. So why am I going to invest in like even for fans? Like, am I are they going to buy a Max Domi jersey? No, some did. I know it's crazy, but they like themselves into the, that he was going to come back. Yeah, <laughs> because that, oh, we love him so much, he's got to come back. Well, money talks. Yeah, exactly. Like, 
you know, I bought my CHGO belly bomb shirt. I'm like, well, I better wear this while I can. Yeah, right. Because you might be gone in two months, you know. Yeah. And look at that. Look at Sarah. Like, how great you know? design. That's it's, such a that's good crazy. design to only it care about it for like three months. I know. I liked it too much. Well, they got to resign them now. <laughs> because yeah, I bought now the shirt. they have yeah. to. Yeah. Yeah. Um, get yours at chgolocker.com. I just ordered my Meatball Island orange shirt today. Yeah, nice. I got one of those too. Nice. Payday. I had to wait the payday. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Pay back the company that just paid us. Exactly. Um, so yeah. Shirt. It's just it's it's going to be awesome to have a season that matters, and it's cool to hear the GM feel that way too because yeah. he knew last year was not about wins and losses. It was more about losses than anything, and just you know getting ready to begin this next era, which begins tomorrow, which is awesome. All right, the next cut we have from him, kind of on the same wavelength. Uh, Mario, I believe this was your question, um, asking if the roster is pretty much set as it stands right now. Yes, this was my question. Yes. Specifically you, you, about trying to one goad him into aspect of <laughs> the offseason that I have been paying attention I, to. You were feisty yesterday, by the way. There were a couple of questions you had that that he was like, eh, I'm going to pass on that one, and I'm going to pass on that one. And when's the next time we're going to talk to him, right? Oh, hopefully Mar- soon. Mar- Mario was bringing the heat. And when you when you asked this question, I don't think you, could, you heard it because you were across the room, but I – audibly chuckled because I knew you why did. you asked. I was like, ah, okay. Oh, that's good. Uh, by the way, uh, real quick addressing the stuff in the chat, um, I would just uh, make sure you check your sources. What happened? Uh, what oh, Stephen Hoffman's talking about. Yeah. Just just let's wait until people and, who are there and, and people and who cover the it, team save are. Save it for the Bears show, too. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah, we have no We're not. We're not we, going to talk about that. We have no information on that, and also Nor do I. we have people who are with CHGO that were there today. They'll have that information if, they, yeah. if there's any yeah. information to have. And if they were there and that happened, they would probably be telling you. Okay. Yeah. Anyways. Let's hear if the roster is set or not. Yeah, I don't, I don't necessarily think we'll be adding established NHL uh, PTOs. Um, as far as waiver wire, we'll take a look at how people look early in camp, and if we want to add something off the waiver wire, like we did with Tenorti last year, that's potentially something we will uh, explore if the right opportunity arises. Um, you know, taking a chance on on Jared last year is uh, it, it's been a great fit, and so we don't want to. Uh, neglect ourselves from a similar opportunity again should it come up so um so yeah it's something we'll we'll explore uh on a case-by-case basis here lies the phil kessel journey You're right Not necessarily yeah what if he signs with a team then gets put on waivers and they claim him off of waivers the dream is still alive. He said sure. no PTOs. That's true. But he didn't rule out claimer <laughs> waivers. So there's still Don't do this a sliver him. of hope. No. <laughs> he has to sign a contract, <laughs> then get put on waivers, and then claimed off of waivers. You That's just, true. you just, he had already coped. He had 24 hours to cope with it. Now you've, now you've relit the fire that burns. Good. I don't want the Phil Kessel of the Chicago <laughs> dream to ever die. Uh. It will never die. It will yeah, never, it will never die. die until. That's a boy. Uh, <laughs> Keep it going. Speaking of which, uh, happy anniversary to uh, Phil Kessel with probably the greatest tweet uh, a hockey player has ever sent. Uh, on this day in 2016, uh, during the World Cup of Hockey, Phil Kessel tweeted out from his account, P. Kessel 81, just sitting around the house tonight, with my dog, 
Felt like I should be doing something important, but couldn't put my finger on it. Uh, that was a subtweet, as the kids say, uh, to... I can't believe this was a thing. Team USA World Cup of Hockey head coach John Tortorella's roster uh, creation for that tournament in which he left Phil Kessel out and rather would have a grindy, gritty roster for a five-game tournament. How'd that work out for Team USA? Uh, they did not they didn't do anything. <laughs> I know they that. did not do anything. Sweet jersey, though. I bought one. So, happy anniversary, Phil. That was great Twittering. Today is also the nine-year anniversary of my daughter meeting Tavo Teravainen outside of a Chipotle in South Bend. Oh. And being absolutely terrified. That's I sent the picture to Sarah. She'll, that's she'll an grab even it better later. anniversary. Um, Tavo but, was the same age then as your daughter is now. <laughs> that, that seems like <laughs> yeah. it, right? Just such a terrifying figure, oh, Tavo Teravainen. But, yes. yeah, well, Sarah's going to grab that photo, and I'll, we'll show you in a little bit. Um, one of my favorite pictures. It's, it's, it's a good one. So it is, good. It's pretty good. Should I wait, Sarah? Should I, should I stall? Oh. Looks like she's very close to ready. <laughs> On the fly. That is quick. Graphics. I want you to just be saved and put in a folder with uh, September 20th. Date. Yeah, really. Yeah. Uh, so this was uh, at South Bend when the Hawks had their training camp there. Uh, we were in Chipotle and Tavo <laughs> and a bunch of the Hawks walked in and... Addy, we went to take a picture, and Addy was scared of him as if he was a no, demon from another dimension. Maybe as she if, thought he was a mascot. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, as if he was a mascot. Yeah. yeah. Dude, she's still scared of mascots. It's, they had, we, we were at a, a function for her school, and seventh graders were wearing the mascots for the, like, the various schools in Homewood, and she's yeah. like, I can't go. I go, you know who's in there. You know that you're older than them. Oh, gosh. Nope, I can't go near him. She's terrifying. She's a strange child. Stick to the bit. I'd have it no other way. All right. The last <laughs> little bit of audio we have uh, from Kyle Davidson. He talks about um, how this team is constantly building culture. This, again, kind of off of your question. You, you I, We don't yeah, have the me, front part um, of it here. Go ahead. Yeah, start it. Fr- phrase it because I, I don't want it to get construed. Given everything that happened in Columbus with Mike Babcock and everything, right. Obviously, that's a topic around the league, uh, and the Blackhawks, you know, are are doing a lot to make sure that they are doing the right things in their organization. I just laid it out to Kyle as: Does seeing what happened in Columbus give you some sort of opportunity to reflect on what you guys are doing and take a look at everything and be sure of what you're doing internally? to make sure that you are doing the right things when it comes to bringing in people to the organization at any level, whether it's coaches or whether it's, you know, development staff or it's someone in ticket sales. Like basically that was kind of laying everything out, um, sort of a softball, but just kind of giving him for, for giving him an opportunity to kind of speak about the culture that the organization continues to try and lay, lay Added out. context too, is you did ask specifically about, what Quenville and Stan Bowman had to say to the assembled GMs at yeah, the GM meetings. Was, yep. And he sort of said they were not on the record there, so I'm going to honor that and not say yeah. anything. So this is not a follow-up, but a second question in the same mold. So it may have influenced his answer a little bit too. Sure. So let's, let's hear what Kyle Davidson had to say. We're always trying to uh, make sure that we're better than we were uh, previously. You're always trying to um, clean up blind spots. You're always trying to improve uh culture uh you know making making 
sure that you're doing everything you can to make a safe space for uh, staff, players, anyone that enters your organization. And, and uh, that's, that's the responsibility that uh, is on your shoulders when you're in a position like myself. I take that very seriously. And it's something that uh, the organization takes very seriously. Uh, right from the top and so uh, always trying to get better always trying to refine things and, and, and close our blind spots and make sure that um, that we're doing everything we can to make our work environment for staff and players as, as safe and, uh, and and comfortable as possible there you have it and uh, obviously saying all the right things um, as with anything actions speak louder than words show us instead of telling us um, and I think that it's kind of naive to think that any organization will forever avoid a hire that maybe they didn't know everything about or something slipped through the cracks they didn't have any evidence of. Um, the Babcock thing is not that. They should have known. No, no. Um, but it's good to see that they are constantly evaluating the way they're operating. I think that really begins at the top with Danny Wirtz and Jamie Faulkner. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think it's it's something that they were working on last year and 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 before that just trying to kind of you know look at how they how they operate and and you know different things that they want to accomplish and and tones that they want to set and i think one of the one of the bigger things was um you know in 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 recent years bringing in a uh a, a mental skills coach to the team and not not just focusing on hey how's your mental game on the ice but how are things going off the ice as well i think players have spoken about over the last two years at least since we've been doing this um players have said before about how they've been able to kind of go into those spaces and it's not just necessarily focusing on how they feel about hockey they're able to also kind of feel talk about life and, and different things like that and allowing that space to be uh to be available so i yeah i think it's a good thing that the 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 blackhawks are doing it seems like they're definitely learning uh from from things that have happened in the past about what they need to keep their eyes on and and keep their their fingers on the pulse of of the organization in all different facets and you know as far as the the team culture goes i think davidson and and jamie wertz and danny wertz and jamie faulkner are are focusing on at the top and what Luke Richardson is also implementing too. So I, I think top to bottom, it's, it's going well so far. Um, yep. That's uh, all you can hope for. Yeah. It, they're it's all, everybody, every team, every person makes mistakes in life or in business or with your team. Blackhawks made some major mistakes, the past regime. They've obviously learned from those mistakes and are trying to do take those lessons to prevent things like that happening again. And that's all you can ask for. Will there be slip-ups along the way? Time will tell, but they're, they're, they've learned from, from that whole situation and they're trying to prevent things like that happening again. You know, making players know that it's okay if something's not right, you, you can, you know, tell us and, and we'll, we'll address it. You don't have to have this fear you know of not being yeah, able to no speak out or something yeah. coming out that that's where it starts i mean once the players feel safe and feel you know comfortable it just care that that's how you build things and that's where it starts that's what culture is yeah. exactly yeah. so 
you know, it, it's it's very good to hear. Uh, we've seen some action to that. As long as it's continual and it's an effort, and, and I, I don't think, you know, um, with so many, you know, so many eyeballs on the organization after, you know, the whole the whole scandal, I, I, I think they're trying very carefully to avoid missteps. Yeah. And I think it comes to those things. When some, also, it's how they react when something inevitably does happen. Mm-hmm. There's going to be another, not like a Kyle Beach level incident, knock on wood, but something, right? Some sort of maybe a ticket agent gets a DUI or something. You know what I mean? Like just whatever. Mm-hmm. How do you handle it when this when these things arise? And I think one thing I think they did learn from the Kyle Beach thing is you can't have a person in your organization like John McDonough who is so powerful and so without question and so like, you know, ruling with an iron fist over everything from your tie is too short, your tie is too long, your skirt is too short, your skirt is too long. Yeah, like micromanaging every little thing. So every employee in the organization from top to bottom felt terrified to go to him or talk to him or about him to anyone. From what I can tell now, the leadership is nothing like that. Yeah. Very approachable, very forward-facing, uh, not just taking credit behind the scenes and then disappearing when things get tough. Um, that, that I think, they sort of set themselves up for that when they... Because John McDonough always had this like squeaky, smiley guy, I'm Mr. Cubby's reputation. That's not at all how he was. Mm-mm. He was a dictator behind the scenes. Yeah. And... Employees feared John McDonough, and and you know you didn't know who you were getting walking into the office every day. That's not the case now. It's it's just not. And I think by not having someone with that sort of a power and that sort of a presence, you're allowing not just Mackenzie Entwistle or Taylor Hall to go to Luke Richardson or Kyle Davidson and say, "Hey, this is wrong." But for you know Joe in marketing to say hey i'm being i'm not being treated fairly here right and i think jamie faulkner is very approachable in that way danny Wirtz is very approachable in that way and both seem incredibly conscious of that and aware of that which is which is great yeah i i I have no doubts that if there were any situation like that that you know people within the organization whatever level it is would be able to go to go within the organization and go through the proper channels and and have it dealt with however it needs to um and and not have a situation like in columbus where players couldn't go to their coaching staff couldn't go to their management they had to go to paul bissonette to say to express what was going on so I, i i would like to believe that the blackhawks have that inner trust within the organization and how that has been built over the last few years and I think built back up too is, is, is important too. So again, it's, it's one of those aspects of being excited about this team and this organization is because I actually feel good about, like I can feel confident in, well, I don't know about management. I don't know about all this. I can actually feel good about where they are in, in that spot. And we were talking about, you know, earlier this week, you know where the Blackhawks are in the city. It's one of those check boxes that's like, oh yeah, I trust management. I trust how the organization is being run. It's one of those things that is a factor in fandom. So that's what I'll have to say about that. Want to tell us about Sunnyside? Sure. 
I will tell you about Sunnyside. I butchered Sunnyside. it yesterday, so you have to take it over. <laughs> Sunnyside. Hey, Sunnyside Can- Cannabis Dispensary. They are your home for judgment-free cannabis shopping. A great place where all kinds of visitors are welcome to explore, discover, and purchase a wide array of high-quality products. Sunnyside has everything you need to elevate your football and soon-to-be hockey season. No matter where you are on your cannabis journey, easy online ordering is available through Sunnyside and in-store pickup is there too. They also have a great transparency, transparent royalty program called Sunnyside Rewards. They are Illinois' favorite dispensary. And how can you argue with the litany of in-house brands that Sunnyside has? You got the Mindy's gummies, the best tasting gummies and chocolate edibles created by James Beard award winning chef Mindy Siegel, along with Cresco Labs. You have the high supply, which offer quality weed that's always available buds are expertly grown lab tested and available in vape carts vape pens flour popcorn shakes pre-roll shorties and concentrates now i'm a noob with sunnyside and the many different cannabis uh ways that you can enjoy it i asked about flour before um when i say popcorn are we talking about like movie theater popcorn that has weed in it um, that I'm not familiar with, to be honest with you. Anybody? Well, you have to get some, bring it in. Are you talking about like, like edibles? It like says, popcorn edibles? buds are expertly grown, lab tested and available in vape carts, vape pens, flour, right here. popcorn, shake, pre-roll, shorties, and concentrates. What are, here, popcorn buds, as the name implies, are buds just about or a little smaller than popcorn. They're usually oh. B-grade buds that don't have the bag appeal of large, lustrous, a grade nugs. So it's like ah. shake. It's like it's a if you want it. So it's cheaper if anything, but it's, it's still, still quality. Fla- it's yeah, still, it's still it's quality. It's like a lump of marijuana flour. Okay. Yeah. Or a shake is more of like a remnant, right? Yeah, like the like bottom. If you put barrel, it in a, yeah. in a, a grinder. What a grinder. Yeah. Shake is what's left over. Mm, okay. um, but these are just little smaller, little smaller buds. I'm Probably sure cheaper. they have popcorn edibles buds all though. day, as they say. Buds you can put day. weed on anything, man. That's true. <laughs> put your weed that is it. true. It's like oregano. It is sprinkler right <laughs> Especially uh, when you get it from Sunnyside. Now, through October 15th, head to sunnyside.shop and use the code CHGO25 at checkout. When you do, you're going to get 25% off of your total order. Uh, that is one use per customer and is not stackable with other promotions. But... It is not only for new customers. Anyone can use that code CHGO25 and get 25% off of your total order. Pick up everything you need to elevate your football season, and you're going to need it with the Bears this year. Uh, you must be 21 or older or a Illinois medical card holder. And if you're not quite ready to start your cannabis journey, which is understandable, sure, do it at your own pace, whatever you need to do. There's other ways to feel good. Mm-hmm. Can I recommend maple pepper bacon? Always. French toast bacon, of chorizo bacon, yes. jardinier bacon. They're all wonderful. They are. And you know how to consume those at all times. In my mouth. Hit up our buddy, <laughs> Charlie the Bacon Guy. Based in Woodridge, he makes craft bacon and bacon jams in over 30 flavors. It's always all natural, no fancy preservatives. Order tons of it. It's vacuum sealed and freezes great. So bacon good. lasts in packages up to 45 days in a fridge and six months in a freezer. P.S. Charles, <laughs> I know you have to say that to be safe. I have found older bacon of yours, much older than six months, and it's fine. Out of that freezer, <laughs> I promise you, the bacon jam lasts about 60 days in the fridge, uh, but you're going to eat it long before that. So stock up, order a lot, and I say this all the time. People are always looking for creative gifts for 
you know, friends' birthdays, like Father's Day, Christmas, mm-hmm. like whatever. Order a bunch of bacon, freeze it up, bring it in a cooler. It is creative. It is a thoughtful gift. And who's not going to love that? Here's how you order from Charlie. Follow him on Instagram. There's some bacon pornography on there, too. Oh, yeah. Charlie the Bacon Guy on Instagram. Uh, CZ the Bacon Guy on Twitter. And you can email him, charliethebaconguy at gmail.com. His website is coming soon. He has been a longtime sponsor of my I'm Fat podcast, and we are thrilled to have him here at CHGO Sports. And uh, welcome him back in the studio anytime. 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 As long as he's not empty-handed. Anytime. I still have the shawarma bacon. We have yet to consume it. I don't know why we waited this long, (laughs) but uh, uh, what we're going to do is we're going to take the shawarma bacon, we're going to cook it up, we're going to buy some pitas and some tzatziki Ooh. sauce, yeah. and have, like, bacon gyros. That yeah, is absolutely. a good so We're idea. just waiting for the next uh, and opportunity to do If it's that. not clear, he can ship to you. If you're in the Western Burbs, you can work out a delivery thing, a pickup He's thing. Very flexible. He will make it work for you. Hit up Charlie. Charlie the Bacon Guy on Instagram. CZ the Bacon Guy on Twitter. And Charlie the Bacon Guy at gmail.com. That might be the best looking ad graphic we have. That's pretty sexy. A nice, just leave that up the a whole nice show. Nice pile man. of bacon. Like, mm. you're never going to go wrong with I can that. smell that graphic. <laughs> mm-hmm. Scratch your screen. <laughs> there you go. Let's see if it works. All right. Uh, next on the docket for today, this morning at CHGO Sports, uh, allchgo.com, uh, the three of us published our biggest storylines heading to training camp and we're not going to share all of them but we're each going to select one from our writings and discuss it a little bit on the show so mario as you were the guy who built the skeleton of the story mm. the floor is yours yeah i mean we all touched on Connor bedard and we've spent all summer talking about him so Connor bedard starts his official big grandiose blackhawks career tomorrow uh so that's going to be a lot of fun uh one thing that i wrote about uh, as a storyline going into training camp and is basically behind Connor Bedard, one of the biggest storylines uh, through training camp at least, is what's going to happen with Kevin Korchinski. Where is he going to spend his season? Is it going to be half and half NHL and minors? Is it or juniors? Is it going to be just a test run in the NHL and then basically 90% of his season is going to be in Seattle? Is it going to be all year in Chicago? We're going to find out how the Blackhawks are going to use him. Talked about it yesterday. They are going to let his play and his re- his readiness either shine or look crash and burn and and that i think is, is the way to go you don't necessarily have to have the preconceived notion that he is an nhl player now or he is not yet like let him di- let his play dictate that so through the training camp, uh, opening a training camp, through the first few preseason games, which I expect he'll play in at least a few of them, uh, we'll see where he's at compared to where he was last year, and uh, it's going to be fascinating to see how the Blackhawks use him. Uh, we're going to we're going to go through our lineup predictions for the uh, the opening night roster. Uh, he is a name that I think you will hear later on in the show. Yeah, and and speaking of that opening night roster, uh, we actually have real training camp battles this year yes i'm at bottom six um last year heading into training camp the roster is pretty much set we knew who was here and we lost four regular forwards from last year's roster patrick kane's not here jonathan taves uh max domi was traded and uh our guy sam lafferty yes but they have been replaced with six new faces Taylor Hall, Nick Foligno, Corey Perry, Ryan Donato, 
perhaps you've heard of this counter Bedard guy. Yeah. And now Lucas Reichel is a full-time NHL. Full-time, yeah. So do the math. Four guys, old guys out, six new guys in. That means two guys that were regulars last year are not going to be on this team come opening night. And the four guys that are going to be in battling out for two spots, Colin Blackwell, Boris Kachuk, Reese Johnson, Mackenzie Entwistle. Those were four guys that were pretty much in the lineup every night. They were yeah. in the NHL the whole season. Only two of those guys are going to make this team out of camp. The other two, we'll see. Rockford or elsewhere. Um, that, those four guys I'm going to be keeping an eye on. If I had to, like, handicap it, I would think if we get in training camp the Boris Kachuk we had in March and April, yeah. you can't keep him out of the lineup. He was really good. I can. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, uh, not sorry. <laughs> he was one. Of, he was very effective down the stretch. I know he was. If we get the guy we had from <laughs> October to March, the then no, he's yeah. gone. Well, and the interesting thing with, with those battles is um, you also have to consider – you know, waivers. Right. If you're sending guys down, who's who's going to have to go through waivers to get to Rockford? Kachuk would have to go through. Entwistle would have to go through. Blackwell would have to go through. Uh, Cole Gutman is, is waivers exempt. So, I mean, I know there's a lot of belief that he'll he'll make the NHL roster, but if, if he's a guy that is on that bubble, that consideration might be the difference between someone yeah. like him or, or Kachuk going up and down just based off of the potential of having to go through waivers. Uh, yeah, that's a valid point. But, I mean, if Cole Gutman looks good, I'd risk losing sure. Chris Johnson oh, waivers sure, sure. to make sure Cole Gutman Oh, he's your future playing. captain. How can you do that? Uh, well, him and Seth Jones have to fight for it. Yeah, the, but the other guy, like Kachuk, I think is if he plays like he did, he's he's got the inside track. I know we love Mackenzie Antwistle, but I think he might be in trouble to start the year in Chicago. I don't think Reese Johnson's starting the year in Chicago. Um, maybe depend. All, I mean, obviously injuries can come. If I, I know Colin Blackwell, we have some fun at his expense during the games, but I think he, you know, I think Colin Blackwell has an advantage because of his speed. He's the yeah. fastest of those guys. That's and this true. is how Luke Richardson wants to play. They want to play fast. He's got speed. There's no doubt about that. And he's got, he's pretty effective on the penalty kill too. So he may have the advantage just because if they want to keep team speed, he'll have the advantage over Entwistle and uh, all those guys, really. Yeah, that's um, true. So we'll see what happens. It's going to be interesting to watch real battles for, for roster spots. It's interesting. I also wonder, Luke is old school, not to the problematic point where he's a meathead. But I wonder, with Connor Bedard and Kevin Korchinski, uh, probably, and some other young guys in the roster, if he's going to want a guy on the team that's a little willing to drop the gloves, that losing for five minutes might not be the end of the world. And I wonder if that gives Reese Johnson a bit of an advantage as a guy who makes the team out of camp. Yeah, Corey Perry. Right, but I feel like they probably, in the grand scheme of things, if you got to pick five minutes without Perry or five minutes without Johnson – it's an easier pill to swallow sure. with Johnson. But sure. if, if both Johnson and Perry are in your lineup, sure. Yeah, I mean, I I kind of, I don't know. I feel like there's a little more there for Reese Johnson. I don't know why. I, I'm not ready to move on from him. I think. I'm not ready to move on from him either. There's, but yeah, I know. But I think with like Colin Blackwell, he kind of is what he is. 
And it's not bad. Like, you could do worse than Colin Blackwell. I think yeah. Boris Kachuk, is he closer to the guy we saw for one month or for six? Right. Eh, and really more than six when you go to the year before. Right? I'm a Sample size tells me maybe he's not quite as bad as when he was at his worst. Because we know last year he was really fight. Like, we saw him in practice. They would just be warming up, and he'd miss the net and just be like, Fighting Jesus. It, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Sure. He looked like a beaten man. So... We'll see. It's it's going to be really interesting to see play and out. Just because two of those guys aren't on the opening night roster doesn't mean they're not playing in the NHL this year. Correct. No, oh, yeah. Obviously, yes, 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 yes. there will be a they'll rotation. Be, yeah, they'll... For whatever reason. Part of one of the topics Kyle Davidson talked about yesterday was how fortunate they were health-wise that they didn't have to rely on the Ice Hogs as much last year. Yeah. So, say it's McKenzie Entwistle and Colin Blackwell that have to start in Rockford. Well, when you have – now you're going to get better options to call up when you have injuries. So instead of somebody goes down, instead of calling Luke Philp and Brent Sini up, Oop. no disrespect to those guys, but you're going to call up a Mackenzie Entwistle or Reese Johnson who have two full seasons of NHL experience yeah. with this team. So you'll have better options to call up from the Ice Hogs than you did a year ago and because that's, of that. And I think because they have that potential advantage is – why I'm a little cautious to think that anyone of like Nolan Allen or Delmasio or Doc or anything like that are going to be the first call-ups if they're playing well. That's why I feel I feel like because there are so many plug-and-play more veteran guys. Um, that's why I feel like those guys are going to be there while the young player, the younger players, stick in the AHL Let more. Because you got because yeah. you also have guys like Mike Hardman mm-hmm. and Joey Anderson in that group Whoa. as well. <laughs> Very well done. Um, so I feel like there's a lot of, I'm going to say, padding between calling up a guy who's young, even right. if he's playing well. Like maybe it's just like, okay, we'll keep playing well in Rockford. We don't need you to come up. We don't need you to go from playing 15, 18 minutes a night in Rockford and playing well to playing eight minutes right. a night in the f- fourth line or third pair role or whatever. Uh, if you're, if it's, if it's not going to be conducive to development, so. It's, it's a good problem to have where they didn't really have that last year. We were clamoring, like, call up Reichel, call up Reichel every time that they needed a forward. And it would be like, here, like you said, here's Luke Philp, here's Brett Sini, here's David Gus signing his first NHL contract. Great story. Great guy. But they have better options now. Yet they do. That's one of the things I wrote about, but it's not what I'm going to talk about right now. Ah, yes. Um, I'm going to talk about, to me, what is the most uh, compelling and uh, difficult decision for Luke Richardson is that is the defenseman. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of tough decisions coming here. Uh, the Hawks, prospect-wise, don't have a lot of right-shot defensemen. Um, on the roster, you have Seth Jones, Connor Murphy, and Nikita Zaitsev. Those are your right-shot defensemen. Lefty are Tenorti, Vlasic, Kaiser, Phillips, Roos, and go down the line, but mm-hmm. we're going to stop there because those seem to be the most likely right off the bat. Right. Um, so how does it shake out? It feels like, based on what Davidson said yesterday, that Korchinski is going to at least start the season with a look. We'll probably have a better feeling after watching a couple preseason games as to how he's handling NHL speed, NHL decision-making, etc. Mm-hmm. But I would expect him to be here for at least seven or eight games. I would guess longer. So there's one left left defense spot. Yep. I don't know how you look Alec, Alex Vlasic in the face and say you're going back down to Rockford. 
Like I, I don't know how you do that. <laughs> right. Get on a stepladder yeah. and uh, do it. I, I just, I think he has done everything they've asked him to do. He looks NHL ready. He's got NHL size. He looked really good his first year with Seth Jones. Yeah. Um, didn't do it as much with him. He was uh, more with uh, Murphy last year. And, again, looked the part when he came up. I don't know how you say no to him. Wyatt Kaiser has been fantastic in rookie camp. They put a C on him for the rookie showcase game, which, again, maybe not a big deal. But you're also looking at the two guys they scratched for that second game who they deemed too important to risk, Connor Bedard and Wyatt Kaiser. Those are the two that sat. So it feels like he's got a spot. So from there... There's some big decisions to make. Someone's going to have to play on her offside, maybe. Maybe. I, I just don't know how it's going to shake out. It's, it's, there's a lot of ways this can go. And I think one way or another, you're either going to have to send a kid to Rockford that you don't want to, or you're going to have to ask a veteran or potentially a kid to play on her offside. Mm-hmm. It's tough. It's a, it's a, I do not envy this decision for Luke Richardson. Yeah, I really don't. Well, it's again, it's a good problem to have. Yeah. Um, I do think, and we'll get into that as we, um, well, I'll save it for when we reveal our opening night lineup predictions. But, uh, yeah, it's a good, uh, it's nice to have some depth. Yeah. Like, have have options. Organizational depth. You have more of it this year. If someone went down last year, it was like, oh, great. Right. Yeah. Great. Who, right. Who's coming up? Not that we cared. We didn't want a good player coming up. <laughs> I'll do it. But now, now it's like, okay, we're going to have to send good players down to Rockford, which is not a bad thing necessarily. Mm-hmm. Um, That's you know, good for Rockford, Our too. bottom six is going to look so much better this year than it did last year. Like, we've got third and fourth liners that actually can play third and fourth can line. maybe score every once in a while, at least threaten the score. Mm-hmm. We didn't have that at all last year. When the, when the bottom six was out there, it was like, just don't get scored on. Right, yeah. Now you actually got guys that have done it in the NHL for a long time, you put the puck in the net. At least gives teams, you know, okay, we ha- at least have to worry about this, t- this line when they're on the ice of potentially scoring a goal. Um, so it'll be good. It'll be, it'll be, it's, it's nice to come into a camp with some storylines outside of which guys are being traded. Yeah, definitely. And, and as far as... You know the the defensemen shake out. Um, I, I mean, there, there's we we talked a lot about you know guys that are going to have opportunities. And when we we filled out our our defensive lineups, and I looked at it and I was like, wow, we all have a very similar thought about you know the the, the youth of this team and the opportunities that they're going to get. So um, I'm ex- I, again, it's it's why. I'm really excited going into this year compared to last year is because now it's just like, okay, last year was, was a big teardown tank year of a rebuild. Now it's just like figuring out this year, what, what are the new pieces? What do the young pieces have to offer? Um, and I think defensively, we're going to get a lot of those young pieces thrown into it. I, I, I mentioned before, like, you know, you, you're probably going to see like Allen and Del Mastro stick in Rockford for for the majority of the season. Nolan Allen's been been working on playing the right side a, a lot uh, since since coming into the organization. He's a left shot guy, but playing on the right side, they had him playing on the right side in the in the Tom Curver Showcase Tournament with uh, with Korchinski on the left. He's probably going to play that role in Rockford. 
I don't know. Maybe he's a guy that at the at the end of this regular season, uh, you know, gets a, a bone tossed his way and says, come, come on up and play on the right side and, and see how things go um, with, you know, knowing where their depth is there. Because you got Nikita Zaitsev, who I think the Blackhawks could very easily say, like, thank you for your service, but please psh, psh, get out of our way. Um, and they wouldn't be losing much of anything. If he was a left defenseman, it would be so much easier. It would be, yeah. But as since they don't have a third right, it might make sense to keep him around. Mm-hmm. But he's he's also he's not awful. He's serviceable. It's, he's overpaid. Right. But he yeah. is a he, he can, is a he is a good defenseman. He's a third pairing defenseman. Yes. NHL third pairing defenseman. Yes. He can be on an NHL roster. So as we all kind of like roll our eyes and want to like shoo shoo him away because he's not part of the future, he does help provide some veteran. So he's a little bit he's got a little bit of offense and defense to his game. He's Olimata. Yeah. No. He's a little bit faster than that. I just mean like that same type of you know not as bad as we thought as people say he is. I don't know. I think he was I think it was I think he was yes, the contract inflates inflates how you look at him, but I think on ice he was as bad as I think we all were expecting him to to, to come in and be. As, and it's I don't know I I think he's one of the easier players that you can uh, say hey thank you for your time but Isaac Phillips needs to get some minutes well, or, yeah best case scenario he starts the season with the team plays well some team has a, a, a rash of injuries at defense you retain half his salary and trade him for future considerations uh, yes sure and then you thank move you for on. your time yeah you yeah. know that's the best case scenario but otherwise yep. if he's your sixth seventh uh defenseman all season long and he's fine with jumping in and out of the lineup he's not going to kill you let's let's play this game really quick would you rather have Zaitsev or Caleb Jones Caleb Jones only because there's still some potential there yeah upside yeah. but me too yeah what would Seth would rather have <laughs> holy motto <laughs> maybe all right we're gonna get to our lineup predictions that i already hate mine it's like a fantasy draft oh yeah, yeah. i had published i'm like <laughs> shit i hate this um but first i want to get a couple things from no roids a couple good points uh on my reese johnson comment uh jared Tenorti's there he can drop the gloves he can he handle he that can, yes um there was another one from no roids i wanted to point out to sarah if you could pull it up a couple i don't remember what it was do. i just remember it was good um get to it as well we also got our super chats from Young Daniel that we're going to get to. Oh, yeah, here. He says it's starting to look like a log jam if a lot of these prospects start hitting their strides. That's a good so One thing Kyle thing. Davidson has said, too, is not every prospect is going to play here. They can also be used as bargaining chips, and right, they can right. be used as trade bait. And if they do want to find a veteran defenseman to come in and play the right side that they could see being here for the next three, four years, maybe you're willing to move an Isaac Phillips or somebody like that. So... There's a lot yeah. of ways to go. Young Dangle God says um, he gave us a 99 cent super chat, um, but he said that Greg's math was wrong with Kaner resigning any day now. It's really only one open roster spot. <laughs> then, then he also asked me, uh, would I be annoyed if Kane went to Toronto? No, not at all. Deal, with can, what money? You, you can, well, Matt Bermurray is going on LTIR, but. Yeah. Wasn't that already factored in? And they wouldn't be able to wear number 88 because William Nylander already has That's it. That's true. So. Maybe but Patrick Kane can play center for them, too. I would love to see Patrick Kane in Toronto and have to deal with those media, with that media after dealing with the deal relatively with easy 
Chicago media he's had. He would deal with it fine. And then Windy City Hockey has a two-hour super fans. chat saying, if Kachuk is waived, does Korchinski take 14? No. Yeah, no. you know what's surprising? 55 is way If we talk to him. If he's waived and then claimed and 14 is available, he would, I would assume, take it. When we talked to Korchinski, he didn't seem like he loved 55. No. And, like, he wanted 14. I'm he like. D- yeah, he does. 55 is such a cool number. It is. It does look a lot better out there. And plus, seeing 14 on the back end, it's only going to give me nightmares at Chris Campoli. Yeah. I don't want that. That's true. I don't want that. That's true. 14 is lame. It's, it's such a, lame a number. Yeah. It's like the people that want a Bedard to wear 16. Name name one good hockey player that's worn 14. Bill Fleury. Brendan Shanahan. Okay, that's two. It's a bad game to play with me. All right. <laughs> There's two. But I stopped the two. A lot, a lot, <laughs> a lot, more guy, a lot better guys have worn 55. Uh, agreed. Larry Murphy. Larry Murphy. Eric Dazé. Eric Dazé. <laughs> this is good. Keith Primo. There you go. There's more, I'm sure. Benny Eager. Yeah, Benny. Just <laughs> like good players. Um, he was fine. And I wore 55 in high school, there just like Charlie. Yeah. See? Double nickel. The coolest number ever. And Doug Buffone, my guy. All right, Pete. All right. Otis um, That's right. Mama's boy Otis. Tripod. All right. Did Greg <laughs> tell us about Shady Rays? Or no, no Rays CDJR. No. No, we're not doing the Shady my days Rays wrong. today. We're, we're doing the other Ray. Way. Ray, there's so many rays, so little time. There are a lot of rays, but this ray is going to help you if you're in the market for a new vehicle. And if you are, then we've got some great news for you because Ray, Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, and Ram, and Fox Lake have just joined the CHO team. At Ray, Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, and Ram, you'll always be able to shop one of Chicagoland's largest invoices and find unforgettable savings. And right now, during Jeep Adventure Days at Ray, Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, and Ram, and Fox Lake, you'll be able to take up to 15% off MSRP on all new 2023 Jeep Gladiator models. That's not all. Now through September 30th, explore their newly renovated showroom and take advantage of breathtaking deals as they celebrate their grand reopening. So if you're in the market for a new vehicle, and you, then you have to check out the team at Ray Chrysler Dodge Jeep and Ram because they're the only team we recommend. Visit them today on Route 12 in Fox Lake. For more information, you can visit Ray, Ray Chrysler Jeep and Ram in Fox Lake or RayCDJR.com today, serving the community since 1963. That's a lot of words in that name. That is yeah. a lot of words. You, you nailed it. After uh, after all those words, might need to crack open a cold one. Oh, I'll do it for you, Greg. Thanks. I appreciate uh, it. A cold one of Goose Island Beer, the proud beer sponsor of us here at CHGO and Chicago's Beer since 1988. Hey, if you're reaching for a cold one, why not a full pocket pills? It's the everyday beer that the Goose Island Beer Brewers are drinking. Or you can get one of their golden cans of 312, the wheat ale, the staple of their year-round uh, beer lineup. Of course, you could also turn to the uh, more heavier beers, their family of Beer Hug uh, Imperial IPAs. We actually have a couple of uh, Beer Hug Imperial IPAs working overtime on our set here. Uh, And it is Oktoberfest season, so get yourself a Goose Island Oktoberfest to ring in the fall weather. You can grab all of these and more ultra-fresh brewery-exclusive beers at Goose Island's original brew house on Clybourne Avenue in Lincoln Park, or you can come to our neck of the woods, go to their tap room on Fulton Street here in Westtown. Again, that is the Goose Island Beer Company, Chicago's Beer. I see what you did. Oh, sorry. I was saying I see what you did there, Mario. 
You're talking about the boxes holding the TV up? Yeah. Yeah. I, I said they were working overtime. I didn't need to say that our TV is being held up by beer can boxes, but there you go. Never yeah, that's what they're here, doing. Damn it. Never yeah, many, many uses. Working hard. I just noticed that. Thanks, Goose. And after you've driven home from work in your Ray and you sit down with a nice cold Goose Island, cut the cord and flip on that Fubo app, FuboTV.com slash CHGO. You'll get 140 live channels of sports, shows, movies, and news. You can stream live TV from any device and watch the most Chicago sports for the lowest price. And at FuboTV.com slash CHGO, you can start watching immediately with a free trial. There's no contract. There's no cable. There's no hassle. Just sign up and start watching right away. 1,000 hours of cloud DVR included at no extra charge. And you can watch your local teams while traveling. So if you're in Oklahoma, you can turn on... The Cubs or the White Sox or the Hawks. And if you want to turn on the Bears, okay, go for it. Your but choice. all sorts of sports are going on right now. Catch it all on Fubo. Go to FuboTV.com slash CHGO to sign up for 15% off your first month of Fubo Pro. Now, we will take a bad stab. One more, one more super, okay, chat before super chat we, before we get out of get into our lineups five dollars from young dangle god says all cane jokes aside just want to say you guys have been incredible this off season so excited for hockey to be back hope to see you in pittsburgh on the 10th i hope to see young dangle god as well and hopefully he has a couple of dollars to put right into our pockets i mean the the jar yeah the jar we'll bring the jar with us yeah appreciate uh, and zach says two hour shows moving forward boys no thanks zach we appreciate it <laughs> we will not be doing that no. uh, we appreciate your passion no. though and just play it twice yeah that's fine play in reverse like an old beatles album if you, if you play it slow, slow it down dead, love him love him play it at half speed if you if you go to sunnyside a half hour before it goes <laughs> yeah, live by the time the se- you replay it for the second hour, you'll forget what you listened to in the first hour. It'll be brand new to you. Exactly. There See, you we're always thinking. All right, let's, uh, with our limited time remaining, let's take our stabs at the opening night lineup. Uh, who wants to start? I- I'll go first because I hate mine. <laughs> All right. All right. We- I don't hate my forward group. I think my forward group is pretty, pretty solid. I've got my top line of Taylor Hall, Connor Bedard, and Taylor Radish. That's left to right mm-hmm. on your TV screen. Uh, I like Radish in that role because I think he brings a little bit of uh, I'm going to go in a corner and get you to the puck. Yeah. Uh, and I think he's really going to flourish uh, playing with those two. My second line is Lucas Reichel, who we were told will start the season at center uh, in the middle with Phil Kurashev on the left and Tyler Johnson on the right. They paid Kurashev. It's time for him to put up or shut up. They're going to put him on a solid line to get started and, and hopefully can show this. The third line I'm really excited about. I think this could be a really solid checking line. Jason Dickinson centering Nick Felino on the left and Corey Perry on the right. You're up a goal late. That could be your tree over the boards mm-hmm. to defend that lead. I like that a lot. You lose that element a little bit with Jonathan Taves gone as that automatic protect yeah. the lead guy. Yeah. Um, Dickinson, Felino, and Perry could go a long way in that regard. And then my fourth line, and strong point by you bringing up the uh, the waiver situation, mm-hmm. I still think Cole Gutman's going to play himself into a role here, uh, centering Ryan Donato and Andreas Athanasiu. So Athanasiu, who started your season and played most of your season on your top or second line, is now on the fourth line. He'll get his chance up there. They'll move these pieces around. Mm-hmm. But that's how I see it shaking out forward-wise for opening night. Yeah. That's not... Uh, again, we've talked about it. The depth and versatility and options that this team has this year compared to last year is uh, making exercises like this more fun. So Yeah. 
All right, I'll jump next on the on the uh, forwards. I too have the same first line. Wow, we agree. Weird. Uh, <laughs> Taylor Hall, Connor Bedard, Taylor Rash. I think Radish is going to get that spot. I know. Earlier in the offseason, I campaigned to like give Kershev a shot up there, see what happens. But I think what we saw at that rookie camp game where they put Colton Dock on that line with, with Lardis and Bedard, yeah. they want to get a, a guy with some size up there, a guy that's going to get in the corner. Hey, Taylor Radish can have – he had a 20-goal season last year. He can easily repeat that by just getting to the front of the net, letting Connor Bedard shots hit off of yeah. him and cleaning up some rebounds. I like that combination. Uh, second line, we got Reichel at center. I got Athen and CU on his left and Ryan Donato starting on that line. Give okay. him a little uh, veteran help on both of his wings. Guys that have also played the center position mm-hmm. from times that can, you know, kind of be coaches on the ice yeah. as well. And, and that veteran role, I think Donato is very versatile. Where if Reichel is struggling at the dot, you can put Donato there, take a few draws. That's why I had Tyler Johnson yeah. up there with him too. Yep. Yeah. So that that's where I go. Third line, I got Gutman making the team with Kurashev and Tyler Johnson. That's a pretty darn good third line. Yeah. Uh, basic, not, not even bad. comparing it to what we had last year, but I think that's a line that could be sneaky good uh, and, and score some goals. And I, I too, have uh, Jason Dickinson uh, with the two veterans, Felino and Perry, as the fourth line. Third, fourth line, doesn't really matter what number you have it at, but that's a really good checking line. That's that, yeah. Those are the guys you put out there when you want to start a game. I wouldn't be surprised that's a line that starts a few games, takes the opening draw to set a tone, oh, yeah. especially when you're playing. like Richardson loves doing that. Just case in point, second game in Boston, usually a heavier team. Mm-hmm. You know, the Blues are in town, the Wild. You want to start by setting a, a, a tone, that first line, get those three guys out there to start checking the hell out of everybody and, and get yeah. that pace going. I mean, how many times last year did we see a, the, a line with Sam Lafferty start a game? You know, yeah. it was it was a, a good way for uh, that a, a good strategy that Richardson would go to to make sure that the team was starting the game with some jumps. So yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if that happens uh, a couple of times this year too. My forwards group again, top line is the same: Taylor Hall on the left with Connor Bedard in the middle and uh, Taylor Radish on the right side. Um, I I see a, a lot of pot- offensive potential in this group. Uh, second line, I put Kershev uh, on the left side uh, of Reichel and Athanasiu on the right side of Reichel. Uh, Andres Athanasiu and Lucas Reichel looked like they had a lot of good chemistry going uh, last season when they were when they were playing together at the end of the year. Kershev's in a, in a spot to uh, prove a lot. Um, I think giving him this opportunity with a guy like Athanasiu that's got a lot of speed to his game. Uh, you have Reichel figuring out kind of the, the, the two-way uh, center position, but he has a lot of offensive jump to his game. Kershev, I think, can can build off of that offensive potential that Athanasiu and Reichel have while also being the more defensively responsible forward of this group, uh, taking a little bit of pressure off of Reichel. And all three of those guys have had time at center before, so no matter who needs to take a draw, I think you have a guy that can do it in that trio. Uh, I have Ryan Donato on the third line left wing with Jason Dickinson and Tyler Johnson. Again, uh, a little bit of a checking line. Each one of those guys has a little bit of uh, an offensive ability too. I think this is a a good third line that can give you a little bit of everything. Uh, This is a line that I would trust throwing out there with a one goal lead late in the game. Um, And then I have Nick Foligno and Corey Perry on the wings of Mackenzie Entwistle as the fourth line center. And I think 
for me in the in the fourth line group that bottom six group at the center position i'm looking at reese johnson mckenzie and whistle and cole gutman and i, I really i i comes down for me to a, a coin flip now gutman offensive potential could be a little bit better uh than than those guys and i think It'll be interesting to see how he looks post-injury coming into training camp. So if he plays his way into the team, no problems with him being there. But I think if it's a coin flip, I'm going with a guy I don't have to put through waivers. And I think because you have Felino and Perry and the potential of Tenorti in your lineup, Reese Johnson's skill set, I think, gets pushed down. And Mackenzie Antwistle does a little bit of everything, is able to play heavy when he needs to. I give him that, uh, that spot in the fourth, fourth center. All right. Uh, the reason I didn't have that whistle is um, I feel like he'd be the most easy guy to wave because I think what the Hawks love most about that whistle is his makeup more than his game. I think they like the person more than the player. Mm. Not to say he can't get better. Of course he can. But I think that's a guy you could probably sneak through waivers without a lot of concern. Probably, yeah. So that's why he was uh, left that's off true. mine. Uh, I'm rooting for him, though. I think he's a great kid, and I hope he has a spot on this team. Defensively, and this is what I really don't like, because uh, <laughs> I've got three rookies for all intents and purposes on the left side. Uh, my first pairing is uh, Vlasic and Jones. Then I've got Korchinski and Murphy, and I've got Kaiser and Tenorti. So that's Tenorti playing on his offside, which I also don't love, mm-hmm. but I feel like maybe the veteran guy – might be the most flexible in that role, yeah. especially considering you're looking at eight, nine minutes a game from Jared Tenorti, mm-hmm. whereas Kaiser will be getting power play time, Could probably. Be. Um, He'd at least get like 15 minutes. Yeah, you know? and another thing to know, too, is often on the power play, you'll flip sides so defensemen are on their forehand. Mm-hmm. Right, mm-hmm. so they can come off the boards and be on their forehand shooting from the point. We actually talked to Nolan Allen about that last week and said, "Yeah, I know it's a disadvantage to play the puck along the boards on your offside, but is it advantageous offensively?" And he said, "Absolutely, because you're walking off the boards with the stick on your forehand. It's much right. easier to distribute the puck that way." So, I think the power play things are going to get mixed up a lot. Do I believe this will be the lineup? <laughs> N- Probably not. I'm hoping so. Opening But night, I, I think yeah. one of these kids, and I think it's probably easiest to tell Wyatt Kaiser, don't worry, you're going to be here. But just for now, we're going to start you in Rockford. So I think more realistically, that bottom pair will be Tenorti and Zaitsev to start on game one. Could be. Yeah. Um, but that, there's no Isaac Phillips there. No. Well, who's your extra three? My extra three, I had um, Blackwell... Kachuk because of how he played and Zaitsev and the reason I said those two instead of Entwistle is because I, like I said before I think Entwistle is easier to get through waivers than Blackwell yeah, or Kachuk. That's true. Alright. Who's your defense? Uh, my defense top four are the same. Vlasic and Jones they, they've played they've got experience together they've played well. Korchins is going to be here opening night he'll go with Connor Murphy and I have Tenorti Zaitsev uh, two veterans playing in their natural spots um you know, Tornorti brings that physicalness that you, you don't really have on the defense without him. Uh, you do, like, yeah, and we saw Luke Richardson loves Jared Tornorti for, for many reasons. Mm-hmm. So he'll be there. Uh, my extra three are Colin Blackwell mentioned because of his speed and Kachuk. So I think 
Reese Johnson and, and Mackenzie Antwistle will start in Rockford if they and likely will clear waivers. Yeah. Uh, and then my third guy up is Isaac Phillips. I think he makes the team. I know Kaiser has looked great, and we're saying a lot of the same things we said about Alex Vlasic this time of year, but they sent him down to Rockford. I think Vlasic and Phillips have paid their dues, and they're going to get that. Even if Kaiser looks better than Isaac Phillips in preseason, mm-hmm. I think just because Phillips has now got three seasons of AHL hockey under his belt, they're going to give him the shot to, to do it. And if he, if he slips up, Kaiser will be there. Yeah, I, I think some time in the AHL will do Kaiser well. Yeah, he's looked impressive at the rookie camp. He looked impressive in that game, you know, the, the against the Blues prospects. Looked good those few games he got at the end of the year, but we said that about Alex Vlasic, too. And he got a yep. full season. Let I think it serves Wyatt Kaiser better long-term to being the power play court, you know, the power play quarterback in Rockford, sure. playing top four minutes as opposed to being on a third pairing with Nikita Zaitsev or Jared Tenorti playing 11, yeah. 12 minutes a game. It's better for him to go play 19, 21 minutes in Rockford in bigger roles than playing a small role in Chicago right now. Yeah. No, I, I, I think that that's, I think that that's completely fair. And yeah, that, we did talk about Velasic, uh, just like we're talking about Kaiser, exactly. and then that's that's the path that they ended up going. Uh, my defensive grouping is uh, Vlasic with Seth Jones uh, at, at the top, Korchinski on the left, Murphy on the right, and I have Kaiser and Zaitsev starting uh, as a as a third pair with uh, Jared Tenorti as my extra defenseman who can step in uh, if Vla- if any of those guys on the left need to take some time out, watch the game from from the press box and you know, take a breather, reevaluate. Uh, Tenori's a guy that can step in into those spots. I, I really think that you know playing Korchinski with Jones to start the season is setting him up for a lot on his plate, and yeah. I don't think I don't think that's the best way to go. Put him with Murphy, someone who's more defensively responsible. Allow Korchinski to play into his strengths a little bit more without having to worry too much about getting back on defense. Um, and again, this is just opening night. I don't think this is going to be. It's the potential for him to play all season in in the defensive rotation is there. I don't think it's a high likelihood, but it's there. Um, Vlasic and Jones, they've played paired well together before. I think that's a good pairing. Uh, and then yeah, Zaitsev on the right on the right side because he has to be there um, for the time being. And I have I have Kaiser playing. I think he's I think he's played well enough to get that opportunity. And I think out of you know, outside of having to be a third pair defenseman, I think he gets maybe a couple of those extra rotations uh, away from Zaitsev and with a little bit more responsibility uh, this season. So that's who I have defensively. All right. Kaczynski and Murphy, we can call them like the uh, the Hollywood phone number pairing, 555. There you go. That's true. I like that. Yeah. Beautiful. It's a good one. All right. Let's, uh, let's start well, it tomorrow. Tomorrow we have, uh, instead of uh, speculating... We'll actually get to see some of this stuff in Real function and in action. Stuff. And we are currently eight days away from the first preseason game. I'm excited. So bring it on. We will have tons of uh, audio and video. I always say audio because I'm a program radio person, <laughs> but we'll have video from uh, Hawks practice tomorrow. We'll hear from Luke Richardson, several of the players, of course. So uh, join us for tomorrow at 3. Yep. So I know we're changing schedule all week, but we're trying to accommodate as best we can with practices and everything. So don't miss it. On your way out, please smash that like button. We gave you 
10 extra minutes, give us 10 <laughs> extra likes, damn it. Yeah. We would really, really appreciate that. And get in the habit of smashing that like button when you made it in. And look, now that the season's beginning and there's new interest in the Hawks, if you see or hear some new friends talking about the Hawks for the first time, point them in our direction. Let them know about the YouTube. Let them know about the podcast. Let them know we're here because although we've been a rocket to the moon since CHGO launched, more is always better. Let people know about us. Spread the word. Help us out in that regard. And we greatly appreciate it. So until tomorrow at 3, for Greg and Mario, I'm Jay. This has been the CHGO Blackhawks Podcast.